like you were an active, like you were, there's an active threat. There's a yeah. man. You've had reason to want to lock you. Door. You've had scary things happen. Naked man just walking around and your immediate instinct when you enter this building after that minute, that was in the first 10 minutes, you're not like, maybe every time I go near this house, I should lock my door. Like, this is not the house for me. Yeah. This is not it. I have to go. Honestly, my mental health is man, already on like a thread. About spooky stuff as we tend to do yes you know? welcome <laughs> yeah we are the media literacy podcast from a horror lens where we explore the real life historical happening right now reasonings behind our cinematic fears and we are in our f the patriarchy series talking mm-hmm. about films that explore misogyny and the patriarchy and other terrible things that happen to women (laughs) as well as exploring ways that you can fight against those things or just live and deal because that's the world that we live in. Yeah. Uh, But it's really wild. Honestly, this film was wild. The series has been really great in the fact that it's given me new fears, um, but also new things to be aware of. Uh, Mm-hmm. Just because, like, it's, it's still a lot of stuff that, like, I haven't thought about before. Like, I was like, yeah. maybe that could exist. But it, a lot of the things, I was like, wow, okay. So the solution to spyware is just get a new computer. That's insane. Um, so I'll talk mm-hmm. about that in my But, like, a lot of it, I was just like, How? oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say that's like one of my favorite parts about our show. If you um, are a new listener, you've been around that sometimes we will go over like things where we're learning too. like whenever Mm -hmm. we did like anything science related, (laughs) we were like learning things about science. I was like, we didn't we don't have science degrees. We don't have that. Yeah. Um, And so whenever we're learning, it's exciting. When we did our surveillance episode, uh, we learned a lot and it was terrifying. It is. We need to revisit our Horrors of Society series for sure. This technology um, is scary. Just keeps happening. Now there's yeah. new things to be worried about. And, yeah. You know, we have ice, right? Ice wasn't there or doing what it was doing when we did our surveillance episode. Yeah. Um, and another thing about this episode is that I would say it's maybe the most timely episode we have in regards to, like, covering a film that might still actively be in theaters yeah we don't usually do that uh one because we're bad at going to see movies but two because well we live in a panini press so. yeah we do and it's we haven't done that in a long time just because like yeah it's just such a when it is in theaters it's like hard to get the timing exactly right but we were able to do that this time around which is pretty cool mm-hmm. um, yeah we try to keep up with like you know if there's a lot being said about something mm-hmm. sometimes we pivot and we'll like cover it um but this is like the first time where it was like we're grabbing something that's so fresh like we had to go to the theater to see it um <laughs> to be yeah. able to talk about it like on our show and that never happens yeah. um and it's also a film that like 
we really did need to go see it as soon as we could because there's really no one way to interpret the film. There's no one way to feel about the film. That's what we've seen. Some people were like, heck yes. Like all the A24 bros are going to be really upset. Other people were like, we didn't need that. (laughs) Like we don't need that. Like maybe you need that, but we didn't need that. Um, And so it was like going in, both of us were like, I wonder how we, We'll feel. feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine other people are going to probably have similar ideas where they're like, what are the ghouls going to say about this film that people have so many feelings about? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I I don't know if you're going <laughs> to like whatever I have to say. I don't know if I'm going to like what I have to say, but it is what it is. So we're going to be yeah. talking about Men, which is brand new, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and a part of that is like there's a lot of things that are explored in here. Not entirely sure all the things that are explored. We're probably not going to cover all that. But for a cat section, we're going to talk more about relationship abuse um, uh-huh. and other signs of abuse, just because that is a big part of this film and actually kind of underplayed. Yeah. Um, it's just like one of many. It gets overshadowed a lot, too, by just how weird mm-hmm. this film was. Um, yeah. And it gave me similar energy to like what a lot of people were saying about Black Christmas, whereas like when you make it this fantastical kind of supernatural thing, which I get, it's like a horror film. So that happens mm-hmm. a lot. Like you can't just be like, let's just show violence. Like that would be worse. Uh, mm-hmm. And I agree with that. But like this was just so weird that for me, it took me entirely out of it. I was like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Yeah. To have feelings. And I feel like, yeah, like the relationship abuse got like kind of like pushed under the weird because you mm-hmm. were just so baffled by what was taking place that you didn't have any next steps. You're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was sad for like, her. I don't know what to feel. I'm so, so I'm so confused. I can't even like yeah. be upset about things that I should be upset about. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, magical realism has a really great place in horror like we've seen with you know tigers are not afraid Uh or um la girona like those are films where you're using that fantastical element to express these traumas or to you know have some kind of cathartic release and like with black christmas it kind of felt really sloppy and with this it's like it just really compounded like there's just a lot and it became this like very Like, I think it oversaturated itself, and so it became this, like, muted, instead, um, piece, where it's just like, yes, all men? What are we saying here? Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I think there's a way to do it where the magical realism is, like, a tool used by the protagonist. It's different when the magical realism is the villain. At least Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I interpreted, like, what makes this film and Black Christmas different. Um, than something like Tigers Are Not Afraid because that that was used as like a coping mechanism where like this was like you're fighting monsters. Or are you? Like you're not reliable either, which doesn't help. (laughs) It doesn't help us believe you or care that any of this is real or what you're experiencing is real. Like what is this? Because it's one thing, yeah, it's one thing if it's like a tool or like the coping mechanism or like even just a way to like add a layer. But when it's the villain, that's where you're like, well then what are we fighting? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because the, the real horrors aren't supernatural. They're very real and they're ingrained in our society. And 
they're structural and systemic and we <laughs> it's harder to yeah. fight them when it's we just paint the them as make believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and I mean you might end up like I did at the end of this film, feeling very much like, well we watched it. it. Well, look at us well, too. That's what the world is. Um, mm-hmm. but let's dive in because I've got a lot to say. Um, I don't know if it's going to be anything different from what you're hearing other places. Um, I will say that a big part of this film is that it was intended to be interpreted. Um, I think a big thing is that even before it was made, like, or before it came out and like people would watch it, it was getting like a lot of attention and people already were forming their opinions about it based on the trailer and the title, similar to what we got with like the hunt, Mm. um, which I think is important to it as well. (laughs) Cause it's like, people are already upset. They're like, you can't make a horror movie about men. So blatant. Um, (laughs) you gotta be subtle about it. So thinking it. Yeah. (laughs) Which I was like, I, maybe I'll show it, share it, but I have my alternate, um, uh, poster for what this film could be. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's essentially that it'd be called Ugh Men. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah I'm yeah. saying all the time. Uh, again, we're not misandrous. There are some men we like. Yeah. <laughs> but it's institutional. Okay. There's yeah. different. You have to recognize happen. it's a systemic issue, not an individual issue. But when individuals do nothing, it only makes the system stronger. Said what so, we said. Yeah. Job. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> we watch Men, as I said. It is from 2022, and it is about a young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband, and is directed by Alex Garland, who did Ex Machina and Annihilation. Um, one of those we covered pretty recently, Annihilation. I liked it um, in a different way than I liked the book, and you know that because you listened to our episode about it. I liked um, both of those films a lot, so that's sad now. I, I and didn't know I'll that tell you this. <laughs> I told you a bunch, but it's okay. I, I know your memory. <laughs> um, but I will say, because of those other films and because of my expectations of Alex Garland, I was waiting up until like the credits. Like I was like, is there an end credit scene? Because I am used to at least some semblance of resolution, yeah. and there wasn't that. And I was waiting for this big explanation Mm. of like what I'm supposed to get from this. And that wasn't there. And that that turns out was intentional. Um, But still because of those other films, I felt that way. We've never covered Ex Machina, but I have been considering doing another like tech horror. um, I love it. And that would be great. Um, (laughs) I think there's a lot to say about it. Uh, And you know, we don't have to like everything you do. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about this film. So let me give you a brief overview of what happens. Uh, and then I try to parcel out things that I wanted to elaborate on. Yeah. So um, bear with me. There will be spoilers, but I will give a sufficient spoiler warning and I will make sure to tag, like link it in the um, our show notes. If you're watching on YouTube and anywhere, I'll make sure it says like, here's where spoilers start. And then I'll also indicate where cat section starts. So you can just skip ahead to cat section. Yeah. Um, so if you intend to uh, watch it, but if you don't intend to watch it, cause you're like, people told me don't do that. <laughs> totally fair. Listen to us instead. Yeah. And that's all I gotta say. Um, so what is this about? So Harper, our protagonist seeks refuge in a tiny hideaway town to escape a recent tragedy because her ex-husband has died and it is complicated. Um, It's uncertain whether he killed himself, but having bore witness to his death, Harper has a lot to work through. Um, 
Although it does feel very back, like background to what this overarching idea is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and this beautiful country house should be the perfect place for her to find herself again. Um, and she arrives and spots a blossoming apple tree. She immediately grabs a fresh apple. Hello, biblical allegory. Um, and she meets the landlord of this gorgeous house, Jeff. And he is a typical nice guy. Yep. And he is stumbling over his words and working to overcompensate for his mundanity. Um, He chastises her for eating the apple. Uh -uh, We mustn't do that. Forbidden fruit. Um, Very heavy handed. Biblical allegory to the point where I was like, it's not a biblical allegory now. I was like, that's too in their face. I don't believe that that's what their intention is now. Um, Jeff is awkward and uncertain and he brushes off her help, uh, her uh, offer to help him bring her suitcases inside and we see him struggle with the bags, but still he refuses her help because he needs to be what he perceives is the a man <laughs> and men don't get help from the ladies. He has to help. Um, and so that's like his personal tragedy and interaction with what the patriarchy is essentially yeah. um, toxic masculinity hurts all of us. Um, there are a few moments of unsettling fear in this film. There's a discomfort that comes from being stalked uh, that we see in the beginning uh, because Harper has this uncomfortable encounter with a strange person living in a tunnel. He is naked and pursues her through the woods as she frantically finds her way back to the house. Um, the horror was in these next moments with this man like lurking outside yeah. and having this woman so utterly alone and vulnerable in this unknown place with a new man wandering around outside was really upsetting. Yeah. And that part really like was genuine horror for me and was substantive. Yeah. <laughs> it was like just exploring this was enough. And then like on the side, we could talk about how like she's working through her trauma. Yeah. Um, and there was another like alarming thing is that she doesn't have the address memorized and her friend doesn't already have the address. So she's like going off to this countryside place and people don't know where she is really. And I was like, that's a big red flag. Like as a woman, a presenting person, um, you don't go places alone without telling people. Yeah. Um, so that was like scary. <laughs> it was like, no one knows where you are. You, Oh my God. Um, and there's like little hints of horror. There's like, um, the fact that like she's on the phone with her friends and the call gets disrupted, but it's not like a normal disruption. It like distorts into a face. Yeah. Uh, the same face that we see a lot. And um, that's like, it starts to get really spooky. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, I was like excited for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't. I liked it at that. first. It's just the, the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, When Harper does make her way to the town, she encounters more insidious men and a boy, all played by Rory Kinnear. Um, And each each man is more disgusting than the last. And just a funny anecdote here is that I watched this trailer a bunch of times. I saw a bunch of films in the theater and they would always play in the beginning or I love watching trailers. (laughs) So whenever I'd hear about them. So I've seen it, like, I tell you, like the third or fourth time where... Till I finally like realized that, oh, this is intentionally the same guy playing all these different characters. Yeah. And that they superimpose this guy's face onto this kid. Because like 
the whole time I was like, is this me? Can I just not tell British men apart? Like, <laughs> just like, I was like, they all look kind of same. They all kind of look like the same guy. Is that the same guy? And it literally took like three or four times of watching this trailer, the same one before I was like, that's, uh, it is the same that's guy. On, you did that. Yeah. You did that. That's okay. This is not me. This is not me. I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I could probably tell them apart. So that was really fun for me to be like, okay. It was really the little boy. I was like, that's a weird looking little boy. It's because it's Roy Kinnear's face on there. Um, <laughs> but so that's like kind of the unsettling and that's like the start, right? Yeah. Um, so she's got a bit of a home invasion situation happening with this creeper. And then all the men look the same, which makes her like kind of an unreliable narrator because she doesn't really remark on the fact that they all look the same. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is she seeing and why is she seeing this guy? Who is he and why does he embody what all men are? I don't know. Yeah. Um, like every single man besides her husband is this guy. Just clearing that up. There are two other women in this film. One is on a phone most of the time. The other one is a cop who handles her business while the other one doesn't care. Yeah. Um, where she goes, does she live in this town? Does she see the men who all look the same? I don't know. She doesn't matter. So <laughs> the cop is gone. Um, anyway, there's... A big uh, part of this that's, like, there's a lot of layers of, like, oh, men are awful. Here's some ways that they're that. Um, and one big part of that is, like, victim blaming and, like, shame. Uh, expecting of, like, feeling guilty in a way. Um, and it really comes from, like, the, the horror of, of that comes from the toxicity of the men in the town. Because each man seems ill-equipped to interact with a woman. Um, they just, like have their own perceived way of like how they're supposed to interact with women and what they think women yeah. are. And it's really weird. Like there cannot be other women in this town. Like, I don't know who that cop was because it doesn't make any sense that all these women are dealing with these men being yeah. like this. Um, I know what small town worlds are like and even still. Yeah. It ain't that bad. Uh, in their isolation, they've only had like this limited view of women all this time. So, like, Jeff is awkward and performative um, because he performs what that good guy yeah. is. The vicar she encounters applies misogynistic beliefs onto her, and he assumes she must feel guilty for not having allowed her husband, her abusive husband, the opportunity to apologize. Like, he says, like, did you let him apologize after he had just hit yeah. her? And she's like, no. Like, she's so appalled that, like, or not even appalled, it's just, like, shocked, like, no (laughs) i didn't he left and then he died like that was on him um but that's his understanding of like what is like men do that and you just gotta get over it and this is a vicar right um the boy expects her to play with him and like she must she must play with him so when she doesn't he gets really mad um And, like, whenever she behaves outside of this perceived way of the woman, she is made an enemy by all these men. Uh, These interactions are disquieting and sometimes sickening. Looking at you, Vicar. Um, It's a lot of really... Like, he he was the worst, to be honest. Um, And you can circle back to the biblical allegory with him uh, because she's clearly not the pure woman she needs to be cast out of paradise but um it's in these moments that i a female viewer or femme viewer was enraged or afraid um i've heard these lines and i've lived these experiences and it's no surprise to me or other women that the men behave this way and ultimately betray her i was like yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> like that'd be how it is. Um, one issue I had of this film was the lack of person that Harper was. For a film exploring the female experience and complicated relationship between genders, having an empty protagonist makes connection really difficult. Um, you get little glimpses of who she might be, but we never really get to fully explore yeah. her. Um, and I really wanted to know more about her relationship with her ex-husband outside of this moment that seeks to define her entirely. And that's not to find like forgiveness for him or context of like, no, we get little glimpses. She has like a history of texts. The fact that she said to her friend, he's doing this. And she's like, what is he doing now? Um, implies that he's been like this before um we know it's the first time he's hit her but that doesn't mean anything um abuse happens in all kinds of ways and generally builds up to something like that um and i just felt like i wanted to know who she is <laughs> and i don't get that i only get how who she is in reaction to men the entire time yeah. and i know there's more to harper and more to her life outside of that tragedy and that man specifically mm -hmm. um and for someone who's like escaping to kind of get out of that and become not Mrs. I forget what her last name was, but just be Harper. Um, she doesn't really get to do that. No. <laughs> um, and uh, we spend so much time like sitting in the environment and we're forced to see Harper through the lens of the men around her. Like whether that's her ex-husband or her, um, the men in the town yeah. or even like her friends, like kind of tells you, what she thinks she is yeah. <laughs> we never really get to see what harper is and it actually reminded me of william faulkner's the sound and the fury um which is like this exploration and interpretation of one woman's life through the lens of every man and never her um which like kind of stuck with me i can't stand that book because it's stream of consciousness a lot of times yeah. and i get lost in there um but it stuck with me that like these are three men who are just telling you who katie is yeah. um <laughs> can stand it the uh the other part of this right so like speaking of terrible men and the expiration of them i really want to discuss the husband and why the in the year of 2022 the only known confirmed death in this horror film is that of a black yeah. man um i had a problem with him being like the only overt villain mm -hmm. um is this man the rest of them they're terrible and they make us uncomfortable and they're performing what they think men are supposed to be but like he doesn't live in this town he lives somewhere else so he's just evil for evil's sake um and then eventually he shows back up and that's like what are we doing um yeah. <laughs> but I really felt like that like we've talked about this before like you cannot put people of color in your films especially horror and not understand what you're doing when you put when you do things to them. Um, and this is Britain. So they have like their, they have their own history, their own situations. Um, but he also had like kind of an accent, which makes me think he might be a foreigner. He might be an immigrant, um, which comes with its own baggage. Like that man has a lot that he's going through. Um, and we're just not, we just label him villain. He's the only death that we uh -huh. see like a hundred percent certain. Cause again, she's unreliable except for this situation. Um, and, uh, I just don't know why we, the why that had to be what it was. Mm -hmm. um, it just seems like ignorance, to be honest. Um, and like we, 
slowly piece together Harper's trauma throughout the film. And we learn that she is not a widow per se because she had intended to divorce her husband. And we learn that he's emotionally manipulative. Um, like he threatens to unalive himself if she leaves uh -huh. him, which is incredibly abusive um, and manipulative. And she kind of calls him out for that. She's like, that's why I'm leaving. Um, and he like, He's just an easy villain uh, immediately. And I think that's terribly complicated because are we meant to hate him? Are we meant, are we meant to hate any of these men? Because I'm kind of like brought back to what we were saying in Black Christmas 2019, where we kind of like the supernatural elements to it and the absurdity of it kind of gave them like a blanket, like, it's okay. They're victims too. Um, this kind of felt like that because uh -huh. the way that these men perform are really like, absurd and over the top where you're like are you telling me that it's they're just victims of society too <laughs> like um like should we just file this under nature like what are we doing um <laughs> uh, a discussion on slate.com titled men ending uh three critics attempt to explain the 2022 movie's twist uh one of the critics explained he uses his capacity for violence, um, speaking of the husband, uh, against a woman who's made him feel emotionally vulnerable. And then he just does this non-gendered hateful thing, which is threatening to take his own life as a purely manipulative gesture. And he's black and he's depicted as possibly an immigrant because of his accent. So he's socially vulnerable in these other ways. And I'm not saying that's not interesting. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that's gestured, but not explored. So you're left with this person who inflicts this grotesque set of traumas on the woman he supposedly loves, haunting the entire film, even though he's socially vulnerable too. It doesn't feel sympathetic. It just feels unresolved. And boy, does it ever. Because yeah. <laughs> um, not only does he die, but his body is shown brutalized and horrific. Yeah. Um, are we meant, what, like, it, while I was watching this, I was just thinking, like, what are we meant to feel in that moment? Um, and later, when this brutality is re-explored, it delivers even more questions. And the biggest being, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? What are you doing to us? Yeah. Um, well, that was, like, a big issue I had because it's just, like, we don't need to be doing that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's very real. Um, and also, like, considering the history of, like, white woman victimhood, to have that be the dynamic is dangerous. Because mm -hmm. it's it's not going to leave the viewer in a positive space. And that's just, like, messed up to do that to this man. It also is messed up for Harper, too, because she's yeah. been labeled this unreliable narrator and the fact that, like, she sees this man with the same face and what she goes through. So it's mm -hmm. like, are we even to believe what happened with him? Yeah. Especially no, I, with that white woman victimhood. Like, yeah. what is real? Yeah. Like, are, is she the villain? What are, like, mm -hmm. is it, should it be her? I don't And if we, that's what it is, then why is, what is this film trying what is to it? tell me? Alex, what are you doing? What, what, Alex. what is the message? And if that's the message, even like in and of its, <laughs> piloting it as like a feminist film, that's dangerous too then. If that was the message, like if that's yeah, the message what? we're supposed to take away, that she's the villain actually. Then like, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. Alex, what are you doing? Okay. <sighs> okay. Let, let me step to the side for a second and explore <laughs> something else. Um, Cause this is also folk horror. Um, so there's like little bits of like 
folk tales in it. Um, and <laughs> I might take this out, but um, when I was watching this, I was thinking like folk horror really is like white people being like, we got culture too. And like, <laughs> mm-hmm, okay, hun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Midsommar, looking mm-hmm. at you. Uh, or the one with the bees that we never covered. Um, <laughs> should I cover that? That's fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> throughout the film, there is a statue or figure that seems to allude to some meaning. It seems to allude could could couldn't maybe could be just there um on one side there's a face of a man with leaves growing out of him like his face becomes leaves uh and we see this later in the flesh um and on the other is a womanly figure legs and vagina spread open yep just for the world to see uh the leaf man is actually uh the green man and he is a legendary being primarily interpreted as a symbol of rebirth representing the cycle of new growth that occurs every spring. And I wanted to say that he, the green man, symbolizes rebirth. And I don't get it. Um, It's beyond me, but stay envious, I guess. Um, The inviting woman is known as Sheila Nagig, and they are a type of stone architectural figure of uncertain, uncertain significance, representing a naked woman gesturing to or otherwise flagrantly displaying exaggerated genitalia. I vaguely looked into it. Um, there is like an article that I th- thought was really fun. The article is called like Big Vagina Energy. Mm. I was like, cool, that's fun. I didn't read it because I was like, I I have so much I have to say about the film that this like whatever this representing is, is it just muddies it. Mm-hmm. Um, so because we have this like marrying of important birthing figures, mm-hmm. even though like, the Sheila Nagig isn't inherently like a birthing figure. It's not like we're giving birth. It's not one of those kind of things. It's like her, it's like more sexual, mm-hmm. which is weird because then it's coupled with a male figure that does represent birth. So it's like, what are you saying here? Like women are just this and men can have all the power. I don't know. Um, yeah. Later, we have an intense, bloody visual representation of this marriage of these figures. Um, and what are we gonna? What do we do with that? <laughs> are these cis men jealous of the ability to birth? Um, are women supposed to be the one thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer. So if someone has the answer, let me know. But I'll tell you this: whatever your answer is, it's right. And my answer, also right, because this film is up for interpretation. <laughs> so um, in an article on Polygon by Tasha Robinson titled, Alex Garland says the ending of men is whatever you make of it. They explain that Garland's intention for this film was to start a conversation. Um, okay. He has uh, no interest in clearing the air or explaining his intention. And the film is as much his uh, interpretation as his cinematographer's. Rob Hardy, and the audiences, literally anyone. Um, And in the article, it says uh, that Garland says, uh, many, many times I've encountered people who say this film is clearly this. And what they really mean is it's clearly this to me. And then it ends up being about them as much as it is about the film. It is about the response to it. It's about their life history. It's about their concerns in the world and the interactions with it. And ghouls uh-huh. have discussed uh, how a piece of work transcends the original intent of the creator. In each step of creation, it is touched by another being and is therefore transformed. In the writing, in the acting, the art direction, the cinematography, and then ultimately the reception of the audience. Yeah. Um, and Garland has said, 
In the film's press notes, this film leans very hard into the idea that a story is a 50-50 split between the storytellers and the story receivers. More than any film I've worked on, this one was anticipating an audience would join the conversation. Um, and do I agree with Garland's Rorschach test uh, approach? Not entirely. Uh, and I do feel it helps to know the artist's intent, and sometimes the lack of input can come off pretentious and sloppy. It kind of feels like you had this idea, but you don't know what it means, so you're giving us homework. Um, yeah. Uh, and maybe, like, because maybe Garland doesn't even know their true intent, yeah. right? Uh, which only really, like, for me begs the question, who else can we let find their vibe while filming? <laughs> like, who else can we let just, like, do that? figure it out as they go? Yeah. <laughs> like, to just give people the opportunity to do that and not ask so much of them in return? Like, we're just letting, because he has, like, his record, right? Um, so we think... You made Ex Machina. You made Annihilation. You can do whatever you want now. Can we just do that all the time for anybody? Um, like, perhaps A24 should allow space for a woman or non-binary or just other than white man uh, director to make their own men. Yeah. Do it. Please. And figure it out as they go. I think that's great. <laughs> um, now, time for spoilers. Uh, so, you could go watch the film. It is and was in theaters. I don't know if it's still there. That might not be accessible. I imagine just in the state of the world where people aren't always going out all the time, that it being available on demand or on like HBO or something becomes more accessible. Uh, so yeah. maybe that'll happen. I need all films to do that. I still feel very, I'm still mad that I had to leave my house. Like I would pay $20 or whatever the heck movies cost to watch stuff in my house. And they should allow that as an option. Like if the whole thing is actually like, we're worried about money, then charge the comparable amount at home and then just give it to those people as if you went in person. Mm -hmm. I would, I would pay for it. Yeah. It makes me mad that they don't offer that as an option. It's also like one of those artistic things too, because it's like what the Dune director was like. If you watch it on your TV at home, it's like riding a motorboat motor boat in your bathtub. I quote that all the time because I think that's stupid. That is really <laughs> stupid. So I went back to my face so you could see how stupid I thought that sentence was. Well, first of all, talk about ableism. Yeah. <laughs> like First of all, we're in the middle of Panini Press. There's a pandemic yeah. out there. Um, it is saying, like, literally as long as you have the ability to leave, like some people can't, and maybe they would enjoy your film on their TV. Maybe their TV is big. Maybe like maybe your film should be good enough that it could be viewed anyway. Yeah. I think that's, um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, um, all right, let's talk about the spoilers. So, like I said, go watch it. Uh, or watch this and then watch it. Maybe that'll help you make, it won't help you make sense of it, but maybe you'll feel like you're watching it alongside of us and uh -huh. you'll feel seen <laughs> yeah. in a way that this film does not make you feel that. Um, so the bulk of this film is quiet and unsettling and it is always looming on beautiful foliage and you're listening to irritable, confused men. Uh, and that's like most of this film. Yeah. And it's there are parts where I was like, this is kind of decent. There's other parts where I was like, I'm falling asleep. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, it is an art house film. And I remember, Kat, when we left the theater, you're like, maybe art house is just not for me. <laughs> Which is allowed. Yeah. You're allowed to not true. need it. Um, totally okay. And also, they're allowed to exist. Yeah. Like, we could live in a I, world where both of these are allowed. 
I am fully aware that some things are not made for me. And if anything, that's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> Let them exist. I just, I won't partake and that's fine. Or I will partake, but then just be like, I get it. It wasn't for me. Yeah. And then not have mean opinions past that point. Yeah. <laughs> More people should be like that. <laughs> this wasn't made for me. Okay, cool. Let it, let it be for somebody. Yeah. It is, I'm sure it is. I'm sure someone loves it and I'm sure someone yeah. hates it. And yeah. me, I'm like, what are we doing? What were we doing? So here we go. Yeah. Um, so the film is pretty fine. Uh, I would say it's okay. And then yeah. we get to like the last, what, like 15, 20 minutes yeah. of the film, which is crazy. It's the last 15, 20 minutes when it remembers that it's a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very gory. And there's like body horror galore. So yeah. if you have a weak stomach, take my word and do not watch it. You can just listen to me talk about it. You can listen to other people. Just don't watch it. Um, yeah. Or maybe watch it until the last 20 minutes and leave. <laughs> like, yeah. That's allowed to. You get about the same amount from the movie. You will. If you you do will. That, so. You will. Trust me, the ending will not fix it for you. You will not be missing anything. Yeah. Um, so in the end, after encountering far too many uncaring and judgmental men at a bar, an angry Harper rushes home. And the film takes a turn into home invasion like hardcore um initially harper reacts as any horror final girl does and she screams she grabs a knife she shook confused upset and a man runs at her for no reason like full force and you're like no 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 (laughs) (laughs) why why do you keep leaving the door open like you leave the house the door is open why are you doing this you're like inviting things in like what are we doing it's like any suburban person's like i don't lock my i'm like uh, yeah. you should that's why <laughs> she locks like, exist no warning system like she does not have those things in her the way that we like you didn't tell your friend you didn't take pictures of what your landlord looks like like yeah. the friend also never saw the naked man like if it weren't for the cops being like we arrested him i don't almost wouldn't have believed that he was real um <laughs> i can't i can't yeah Leave that door open it's it's like just because it's never happened to you before does not mean it couldn't ever ha- like people should just have more preemptive I don't not fear I don't want people to just like live their lives in fear but it's like really wild to me that it's like just because it's never happened doesn't mean you shouldn't prepare for the fact that it could happen yeah within reason of course but locking your door takes two seconds and like you were an active like you were there's an active threat there's a man you had reason to want to lock your door you've had scary things happen naked man just walking around and your immediate instinct when you enter this building after that minute, that was in the first 10 minutes, you're not like, maybe every time I go near this house, I should lock my door. Like, this is not the house for me. Yeah. This is not it. I have to go. Honestly, my mental health is man, already on like a thread. I would have immediately left. <laughs> man brings my bags in. I get weird vibe. I'm like, I'm going to go. Yeah. Like, I tell you what, you get a, if I get uh Airbnb, and the person who's, like, bringing me in there, like, there are too many horror stories of them putting cameras in places. Like, if I'm getting a bad vibe from you, I'm not going in there. I'm yeah. sorry. Listen, this actually isn't going to work. Like, you got to trust your intrigue. You got to sh- trust your gut. Yeah. And it's hard when you've been gaslit your whole life, too. So I get that. But also. And you have to be nice. Like, girls have to be nice. There that's has to be a minute where fight or flight activates. <laughs> and that's when a man is running at you. Anyway. Yeah. Harper. <laughs> like, that's another thing where it's like, is this real? This yeah. is real because she's not reacting the way that people react when things are happening. Um, so that guy <laughs> runs at her. She kind of closes the door. The key is really long and stupid. 
whatever. A young boy breaks into her home and he like mimics like lewd humping with a dead bird yeah, with a woman mask happen. on. Like it's an entire time. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's an attempt at breaking in that results in Harper stabbing the arm of the assailant who then pulls oh my God, yeah, in this like incredibly excruciating long sequence, pulls his arm back, resulting in uh, his arm being cut in half. Yep. Like it's in half and it's still there. Like it's not bleeding a bunch. Yeah. It's like a unreal, like it's a fictional way that that would happen. Like he's just, but um, later each iteration of this, like of the men in the town sport the same injury. Yep. So we're led to believe that is the same man. Yep. What is the town? Um, <laughs> we see uh, each of them as they uh, find themselves in her home. And Harper is more or less unamused. Uh, she's still shook, but she's like kind of in a state of, of shock by the events unfolding. Like she's just like, this is absurd. Oh, you now? Like, it's <laughs> a lot. Like when the vicar yeah. corners her in the bathroom and he like superimposes his lustful, like disgusting desires upon her, mm-hmm. um, like he's blaming her for his thoughts. Like it's her fault for existing as a woman in wearing clothes. Um, and it is her fault that he is wrestling with his own evil because he's not supposed to. He's a man of God. He's supposed to be fine. And it's her existence is ruining that. And it is her fault. Just like it was her fault that her husband died. Like, all these things. Like, it's you. Like, I. this is what I was told the world was supposed to be, and you're not doing that. Um, eventually, our friend Jeff comes to help, and he shares a two-personal story of his dad emasculating him. And then he sets off to redeem himself, painting himself a knight in shining armor. Poor Jeff. You know that he's not going to do nothing. Like, <laughs> he was poor. Like, and you're like, I knew immediately, like, when we first saw Jeff and he... Like, the, when he came to help, I was like, you can't trust Jeff. Because you can't trust any men. That's the whole point. Yeah. But it made, there's a few, people have made a few comparisons to get out. Um, for one, like, her finding solace with her friend on the phone. Like, her only connection to the outside world. Yeah. Um, but also, with me, it was like, in Get Out, Jordan Peele was very specific that, like, the girlfriend would be a villain. Because there are no good white people in the film. Yeah. He was like, period. And in this, there are no good men. Yeah. Which, like, I get, but, like, Jeff didn't really have any good reason. (laughs) I'll get to that. Um, So, (laughs) uh, he goes out, and eventually uh, the green man himself arrives. Uh, So, this naked houseless man who's been stalking her has gone full eco-crazy, and he cut into his face, and he fills them with leaves Mm -hmm. and other foliage, and then he transcends into the green man. Uh, he's the green man now Uh um and it is here that harper confused and muted to the events turns off her care she is entirely out of fucks (laughs) (laughs) she is like that's it you gave me my last one so after our beloved friend jeff betrays us because yes all men and it doesn't make any sense like he literally like he steals her car he like jerks her out of the car he steals it he tries to like run her off the road kind of but he destroys the car because he doesn't want her to leave yeah but I didn't feel like all those other men, it made sense. He had no reason to hurt her. So that also plays into the thing of like, is he in control of what is happening? Yeah. Is it out of his, like, is he also a victim? Yeah. <laughs> like, are we in Black Christmas territory right now? Um, Harper returns to the house. She can't leave. Uh, also, when Jeff crashed a car, his leg is now, his ankle is bent and broken. Yeah. That did happen. So all the other men also have those injuries. So the green man. <clears throat> Then, horrifically, lies upon the ground, and he spreads his ass wide <sighs> to reveal a vagina beneath his balls, and he gives birth. 
Yep. That does happen. Yeah, that's what happens. Very long. Uh, and if that weren't nightmare fuel in itself, he gives birth to another full-grown man from this town. Yeah. Um, and uh, he then shambles forward and proceeds to give birth to another man from a different part of his body. So this person is not intersex. That was not the commentary because now the vaginas can be anywhere. It's not even about that. Cause like before I was like, Oh, is that, what is that? Is that what the green man plus Sheila <laughs> Nagig is? Nope. Um, saying <laughs> about that. Uh, stop trying to make this more than it is Gabe. Stop giving him credit. Um, it's <laughs> like, okay. Uh, and Harper, when like the second birth happens, Harper is entirely done. Yeah. She like walks into the house. Like, it's so funny to see her face. Cause she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're still and doing she, like, this. Turns, Look at that. Okay. She like turns on Carrie and just like walks into the house. Yeah. And then he like <laughs> desperately seeking validation. He's like, witness me. You know, yeah. the man crawls bloody through the door and Harper like turns and like you, there's like a visual sigh on her face. Yeah. Like, okay. On a, on a muse. And he gives birth again. She's like, okay, yeah, this is like a thing you're going to be doing. All right. So then she like, <laughs> leaves, she just walks more and like, she turns around, he's doing it again. She's like, okay, all right, mm-hmm. cool. This is how, this is what we're doing. This perf- performance that you have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then that continues until, uh, uh, eventually they birth her husband uh-huh. and he has had all the injuries that we saw graphically from his fall uh-huh. are what has taken place. Um, and just like, be fair. If any of this is out of order, like if you saw this and you're like, that's not when that happened, this is because I only watched it once. I'm only ever going to watch it once. And it was a fever dream. So uh-huh. it is what it is, but these things do happen whether it's in that order, I don't care. Um, so then at this point, her husband's now there, bloody naked, birthed from a series of white men. Yep. And she goes into a room, she grabs an axe that was like hinted out a bunch of times that she never grabbed. And so she finally grabs it and she just, <laughs> she's just done. She's yeah. just like, at, she's like, this is it. And th- to her, it's like, these men are nothing, right? These, they're pathetic. And she is so very tired yeah. um, and just over it because like these men have just been putting so much onto her and it's not her, it's not on her. It's not her fault. It's not fair. Um, and so she plops down <laughs> on the sofa next to her dead husband, reanimated, naked and bloody. And he sits next to her and she asks him, she says, what do you want from me? And he responds, your love. And she simply nods. Yeah. She doesn't give an answer. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> like, she didn't even say anything. Like, there isn't even a, mm-hmm. yeah. She just kind of looks and she like nods and she like looks away and then it's like, men. <laughs> and then it like opens up again and now it's like the after events, uh-huh. which is like her friend shows up who is pregnant, which is like, oh, what is that? Um, what are we doing? And she sees the car is broken. So something has happened. There's blood. So something is like, happened. Something is real. Yeah. Did Harper kill Jeff? Like, what is it? Like, what are we doing? And then she goes over and Harper just smiles at her. And apparently in the original script, they did say things to her, but it still didn't matter. Like it, they're still just like friendship. And you're like, what happened? What happened? Yeah. So it's real, but who's real? Is Harper bad? Um, yeah. And when she is like sitting there and she's just like, so numb, <laughs> like 
Harper is me in the theater watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching the performance, the pretentious artistic expression unfolding. And I am no longer enraged or disgusted. I am simply bored. Like, <laughs> I was, like, sitting there, like, that entire end sequence, like, at the same point when she was, like, done, I was done. Yeah. I was watching, and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He's going to birth again? Okay. <laughs> oh, you got the axe? You're, gonna do, you're not going to do anything? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he wants your love? Mm, mm. They all want something. <laughs> <laughs> like that was yeah. me for the rest of that and I was like that's okay that's enough for me yeah uh that's my experience so yeah feel free to share yours because guess what they're all right every single one is correct yeah. and that's honestly that's true all the time so deal with it I like <laughs> it's this film was interesting mm-hmm Yes. I had, I was like thinking words as you were talking. (laughs) And I was like, like, there's so many things it could mean. And like, ultimately, like, doesn't matter. It exists. It exists in the world. And you watched it. And you watched it. Why can't we do that? (laughs) Yeah. I have lots of dreams. I can make so many films. Give me the money, A24. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get like, the end, you're like, cool, yeah, no, I'm tired, too, um, of just, like, men existing in this way in the real world. <laughs> and existing upon me. You know? Look at me be sad. <laughs> and you're like, okay. I don't yeah. know. And you're just Look like, what yeah. you did. You did it to me. Oh, did I? Did I do that to you? Okay. Yeah, and I mean, mm-hmm. this is not to say men can't be abused, too. I'm just saying that, like, this film specifically made me feel collectively (laughs) like yeah no like obviously we're all desensitized to this because people being awful is just all the time Mm -hmm. in this dramatic performance of awfulness um just on repeat forever and I'm also tired (laughs) so I'm sitting there with the axe like I could murder but I also could just it's so like good. generation after generation of same terrible people. We keep saying like, oh, once the boomers are dead or whatever. It's like, that's not how that works. Like people are being yeah. raised to the same things. We, they're still here. They're still going to be here. You don't think yeah. there's Gen Z's out there who believe the same things? Yeah. Who get me shit on me on their car and the ironic Punisher sticker with the blue line. Which you, you don't get it. Like Punisher doesn't like the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lots of just, so many humans just exist and period are here and they're doing stuff and And we just also have to live here along with them yeah (laughs) it's true i forgot about a lot of the film and then you were talking about it i was like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that i did witness that that happened um but i'm so sorry i'm gonna leave that there um, and say for today's episode, the resources are going to be centered around domestic abuse because that's what happened in this movie. Even though it was like, I wanted you to forget. Um, but for this reason, uh, I will say the title of my section is not going to say that that's what I'm talking about because um, in response to the really terrifying things I read on the internet about spyware and just like being able to see what stuff is in general, that it's actually dangerous to include that in your title because then if anybody who actually wants those resources finds that it's in their browser history and then can be used against them 
as a reason for violence. Um, so I'm just putting that out there. I learned a lot about the internet that's terrifying um, and specifically in relevancy to abuse. Uh, but I'm also just not going to say much more about the film because what I, it was a lot. It was, it was doing so much and I don't know if it did a good job and I guess no one really knows. Um, but when you get to the end, since you're not really sure what you watched, or what it's trying to tell you, my goal for today is that you don't leave our episode feeling that way, that you feel like I have new information of things that I can do something with. Um, so the bulk of the information, thanks, <laughs> the bulk of the information I'll be conveying is from the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Uh, you can reach their services online at thehotline.org, which I believe they call it thehotline.org for the exact same reason that I listed above. Um, and they also list active ways you can like click out of the website in case you're worried that someone is tracking your browser history. Um, but they can also be reached at a phone number of 1-800-799-SAFE, uh, which is 7233. So 1-800-799-7233. Um, you can also text their services uh, by texting 88788 and texting the word START. Um, a big piece of recognizing whether or not these resources may be useful to you is through learning about the different kinds of ways that abuse takes place um, and recognizing that abuse is way more than just physical. Um, another really important thing is that anyone can be impacted by domestic abuse and abuse in general. Just because you think it will never happen to you doesn't mean that learning this stuff isn't useful to you. It could one day save your life. So why not? Learn a little bit. Why not lock your doors when you leave your house? Yeah. It takes two seconds. Well, this Proactive. will probably take like 30 minutes, but you know, whatever. Like it takes a few minutes, learn about some stuff. And then if it helps you, awesome. And if it doesn't, maybe now if someone comes to you for support, you have information that you can share. You can so share this video. Exactly. Or you can just have this in your brain and then share it also. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially recognizing the signs of Possessive and controlling behaviors is something that this website outlines. Um, and it, they really go on to say like many abusive relationships don't start that way. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of like testing boundaries um, and the smaller behaviors stack until you're in a situation you don't want to be in, until you're in a situation where you are no longer safe. Um, and apparently, in fact, many abusive relationships can start out appearing very positive and loving. Mm -hmm. um, in the early stages, many abusive people present themselves as ideal partners. Um, it's kind of like that crab or lobster analogy um, mm -hmm. in that you start in a nice, comfy pool of water that's very pleasant. Um, and then slowly it starts to boil and you don't realize you're being cooked alive until it's too late. Um, yeah. So the National Domestic Violence Hotline makes a point of highlighting that every relationship is different and domestic violence doesn't always look the same. Um, most, but not all, start with a, the abusive partner trying to establish some variety of trying to gain control over their partner using different methods slowly over time. Um, and there's also like a lot of like cultural context that is different, of course, all humans. So like relationships can look different for everybody. Um, and just because one person perceives something as abuse, that doesn't necessarily mean it is 100% abuse. There are like differences across the board. There are certain things that are unequivocally, like you cannot deny that they are abuse, but there's some things that there's layers to it. Mm -hmm. So like when you're trying to recognize abusive behavior, like love bombing is considered that, where you're like really affectionate and emotional upfront but that's also, there's like layers to that too, because there are just different kinds of relationships that do genuinely develop that way. 
mm-hmm. everything isn't always a red flag. It's just you should be aware of what red flags are so that you are preparing yourself in the eventuality that that could take place. And if mm-hmm. it isn't a red flag and you find out you're just in a nice, wonderful relationship, fantastic. That's what everyone, that's what I want for literally all humans. But if it helps you notice the progression into something more dangerous, then that's also amazing. And you are preparing yourself to save yourself from the situations. So uh, on their website, they show the common signs of abusive behavior in a partner, um, which include telling you that you never do anything right, showing extremely jealous behavior of your friends or any time spent away from them, preventing or discouraging you from spending time with friends, family members, or peers, um, insulting, demeaning, or shaming you, especially in front of other people, preventing you from making your own decisions, including about working or attending school, controlling finances in the household without a discussion about it, including taking your money or refusing to provide money for necessary expenses, um, pressuring you to be able to have sex or perform sexual acts you are not comfortable with, pressuring you to use drugs or alcohol, intimidating you through threatening looks or actions, insulting you, your parenting, or threatening to harm or take away your children or pets, intimidating you with weapons like guns, knives, bats, or mace, or destroying your belongings inside the home. Um, That is not all of them. I also am going to outline all the different kinds of abuse. I'm not going to list every single thing, but hopefully when you, well, you can pause in these sections when the words are on screen. Um, But to give you like a general definition, domestic violence um, is often called different things. So dating abuse, relationship abuse, there's lots of different words for it, but it is a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. Um, As I said before, domestic violence is not something that discriminates. Anyone can experience this from any economic level, education level, race, age, gender, sexuality, religion, anyone can be a victim or perpetrator of domestic violence. Um, This includes behaviors that physically harm, intimidate, manipulate, or control a partner, or otherwise force them to behave in ways that they don't want to, including going through physical violence, threats, emotional abuse, or financial control. Um, Multiple forms of abuse are usually present at the same time in abusive situations, and it's essential to understand how these behaviors interact so that you know what to look for. Uh, when you know a relationship looks what a relationship look like and mean, then you can take steps to get yourself in a better situation from the support of others who are experiencing this. So I'm going to kind of show the different kinds of abuse. So there's physical abuse. Um, you may be experiencing physical abuse if your partner has or repeatedly does any of the following behaviors, um, pulls your hair forbids you or prevents you from eating or sleeping, uses weapons against you, including firearms, knives, et cetera, um, physically hurts you, um, hits you, et cetera. There are other things on the list. Um, Another form of abuse is emotional or verbal abuse. Um, It's very small on my screen. Okay. This exists in calling you names, insulting you, or constantly criticizing you, gaslighting you, and making you feel like you know, the things that are happening aren't real, threatening you in front of your children or family with or without weapons, damaging your belongings, blaming you for their abusive behaviors, accusing you of cheating or cheating themselves and blaming you for their actions, 
um, and other things. Uh, another version of abuse is sexual abuse. This one is more obvious and you may be experiencing sexual abuse if your partner has repeatedly done any of the following, forces you to dress in a sexual way that you are uncomfortable with, insults you in sexual ways or calls you explicit names, force or manipulate you into having sex or performing sexual acts, especially when you are sick, tired, or physically injured from their abuse. We're just like in life. Uh, if you do not want to have sex and they are, are pushing you and pressuring you to do so, that is sexual. That abuse. includes um, if you're married to them. You can still say yes. no. I think people forget that. Also, mm -hmm. you never owe your partner. No. Yeah. You never owe your partner sex. If you do not want to have sex, you should not be having it. And no one should be forcing you to do so. Um, there's also sexual coercion. Uh, examples of sexually coercive behavior include implying that you owe someone uh owe them something sexual in exchange for previous actions, gifts, or consent, uh, giving you drugs or alcohol to loosen up your inhibitions, using your relationship status as leverage, including by demanding sex as a way to prove your love or by threatening to cheat or leave, reacting with sadness, anger, or resentment if you do say no or don't immediately agree to something or are trying to normalize their sexual demands by saying that they need it uh, or that they continue to pressure you after you say no by either intimidating you or making you fear for what will happen if you say no. Um, that happens, like that is a very common one. Coercion is something that happens fairly often and people don't always recognize that as abuse. So that's an important one to know. Um, reproductive coercion. So an example of reproduction, reproductive coercion is refusing to use a condom or other types of birth control, breaking or removing a condom before or during sex or refusing to pull out. Lying about methods of birth control, i.e. either saying you're on the pill or saying you have a vasectomy and you don't. Um, removing birth control methods like rings, IUDs, contraceptive packages, or sabotaging methods of contraceptive by poking holes in condoms or otherwise tampering with pills. Um, withholding money to purchase birth control. Monitoring your menstrual cycles to inform their abuse. Forcing pregnancy forcing you to get an abortion or preventing you from getting one, um, among other things. This is what Daphne in Bridgerton did to the Duke and why people need to talk about how that was abuse. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was like, she is bad. She is evil. That was coercion. She tricked him. He did not want children. That is a trick. Yeah. It's not a hero heroic thing. She's gross. She's a predator. I yeah. Think. Yeah, no, 100%. Anyone can be a perpetrator of abuse. So uh, financial abuse is another form. Um, this is providing an allowance and closely monitoring how you spend it, including demanding receipts for purchases, depositing your paycheck into an account you can't access, preventing you from viewing or accessing bank accounts, preventing you from working, limiting the hours that you can work, getting you fired or forcing you to take on certain types of jobs, maxing out your credit cards without permission, not paying credit card bills or otherwise harming your credit score, stealing money, um, withdrawing money from your children's savings without permission, um, living in your home but refusing to work or contribute to the household, forcing you to provide for them with your tax returns or confiscating joint tax returns, and refusing to provide money necessary for living, shared expenses like food, clothes, medicine, etc. Um, like if you do not have a predetermined arrangement, 
this is not a communication. This is something they're forcing you to do. Um, another kind is digital abuse. Uh, examples of being digitally abusive um, stems from telling people who they can or can't follow or be friends with on social media, sending negative, insulting, or threatening messages or emails, using social media to track your activities, insulting or humiliating you in their posts online, including posting unflattering photos or videos, sending, requesting, or pressuring you to send unwanted explicit photos or videos, um, stealing or insisting on being given your account passwords, constantly texting you or making you feel like you can't be separated from your phone for fear that that will anger them, looking through your phone or checking up on your pictures, texts, or records, using any kind of technology such as spyware or GPS in your car or phone to monitor your activities, using smart home technology, smart speakers, or security cameras to track your movements, creating fake social media profiles in your name or image, and using your phone or email to send messages to others, pretending to embarrass you or isolate you in some way. Um, I'm almost done, I promise. Another I wish would watch this or listen to that, because I've definitely personally yeah. had experienced some a bunch of these and when you're yeah. in it you really don't get it because you don't think you see abuse as one thing and if it's not that yeah. it's okay and it's not until you're out there you're like oh wow that was messed up actually yeah no I after reading this list there are many that I've also experienced or I'm like mm, that mm -hmm. was not okay or I've seen other people in those situations and realized now retroactively how not okay that was or re realized it you can notice that things are not okay, but like, mm -hmm. what is the line? That's also a thing. Um, these things should yeah. also be a line. That's something that we're learning through going through this. Um, another one is digital abuse comes uh, with its own things to consider and stipulations to consider. Um, there are some things that like just, there's a kind of just like the recommended guidelines for this. So it says you should never share mm -hmm. your passwords with anybody. Um, you should never have or send explicit pictures, videos, or messages that you are uncomfortable sending. Um, the internet saves these things forever. That's just something very important to know. Um, you, it's okay to turn off your phone and not respond to messages right away. You have the right to your own privacy. Be sure to like tell people. Uh, be sure that the people who might need to reach you in an emergency still have a way to, but like you have the right to turn mm -hmm. off your phone in order to clear your mind. Um, know and understand your privacy settings. Social media platforms allow you to control how their information is shared and who has access to it. These settings are often customizable and may be found in the privacy section of the website. Um, be mindful in checking in on places online. Specifically, Snapchat has a feature that's really concerning with this. You can track people's location mm -hmm. through Snapchat um, and you have to manually deactivate that. Um, and it, it genuinely is scary. Or if you check in on photos on Instagram, people can track that. So you really just have to be mindful um, of how you're sharing your location. Um, and another kind of abuse is stalking. So common examples of stalking include showing up at the home or workplace unannounced or uninvited, sending you unwanted text messages, letters, emails, and voicemails, leaving unwanted items, gifts, or flowers, calling you and hanging up repeatedly, using social media or technology to track your activities, spreading rumors about you online or in person, uh, waiting around at places you spend time in like the hopes to see you, um, damaging your property, hiring a private investigator, et cetera. Um, 
There's also just things that I learned in general about internet safety that were really concerning um, and things that I genuinely did not know. Um, so this website also outlines to remember uh, the, the ways your computer can be monitored. So your computer and cell phone can be monitored without you knowing. Um, your history apparently can never be completely erased from your computer or device, even if you browse in private or incognito mode. Email can be intercepted like physical mail. Global pos positioning systems, GPS trackers can be placed mm -hmm. on your car or items like your purse or cell phone without your knowledge. Some court systems publish their records online, which could comp contain compromising personal information like names or addresses. There's a handful of other things that I'm going to include the link to this, but it's uh, who's firing on your computer, spyware surveillance, and safety for survivors. Um, I learned a lot about spyware for this episode, and it was very upsetting. Um, spyware has made it easier than ever before for perpetrators to stalk, track, or monitor, or harass their victims. Abusers, stalkers, and other perpetrators can now use spyware to secretly monitor what you are doing on your computer or handheld device, like a cell phone. If you suspect you are being stalked or monitored, be aware that attempting to look for spyware on your computer or cell phone could be dangerous since the abuser could be alerted to your searches immediately. Um, Use a safer computer, one that a stalker does not have remote or physical access to, to perform internet searches or send emails that you don't want your abuser to intercept. Uh, specifically, libraries are a great location for this. Um, there's computers that like don't, they cannot track your user history. Um, one thing I did learn um, about spyware is that spyware can keep track of every keystroke you type. Even software applications you use, every website you visit, every chat or instant message you send, every document you open, everything you print. Some spywares software gives that person monitoring the ability to freeze, shut down, or restart your computer remotely. Some versions even allow the abuser to remotely turn on your webcam or make your computer talk. Um, once spyware is installed, it can run in stealth mode and is difficult to detect detect or uninstall. If a person who installed it has physical access to your computer, he or she can log into your computer with a special password to see all the computer activities, emails sent, documents printed, etc. Um, since their last login. Perpetrators without physical access to computers can receive reports showing all of your computer activities, including copies of emails and instant messages, websites, visits, etc., as well as screenshots of the computer screen every few seconds. This can occur without the user knowing. Um, something that was like, that it's very hard to get rid of spyware once it has happened. Uh, and detecting the spyware can be a dangerous thing for the person who is being abused. So it's important to recognize that if you have a gut feeling about this, it's okay to go with that gut feeling because if the abuser catches on to the fact that you're getting smart about this, like you are aware of what's happening that could instigate violence. Um, that's something that they warn against a bunch of times on their website. Um, and, uh, and apparently it's just very difficult to get rid of spyware. Um, the best recommendation is to have, and this is just like behind a pay wall, which is really unfortunate, um, but is to have like a secondary device. Um, even if that's like a, you pay for the minutes kind of phone, even if it's, that you have a 
computer somewhere outside of your house that you use um, where you can send safe information. Um, another way to prevent these things is to start to like actively know this information now. Um, if you were not in a situation where you were being abused in the eventuality or possibility that you could in the future, if you just have this in your wheelhouse of tools, you are way more likely to be aware of what's happening one in order to prevent it, but also to like know what to do if the time comes um, or know how to advise someone. Just acknowledge that the world is a dangerous place. Um, And it's like, there's lots of people who don't see the world as an awful place. And that's wonderful that they can exist that way. But also it doesn't change the fact that it actually is an awful. Um, And that it may be a good place right now for you, but one day it might not be. And it's good to prepare for that eventuality. Um, I'm not trying to like be doom and gloom. I'm not trying to make people be paranoid or actively upset all the time or like feel like they're always in danger because that in and of itself is a very intense form of stress. Um, that is not healthy. Stress is not good for your body, but it is good to like have information so that God forbid you end up in a situation like this, that you have information on what to do. So something that you can do if you currently are in a safe situation, or even if you are not, um, there's something called a safety plan that they offer on their website uh, that I've attached screenshots for. But just to give you an idea of what a safety plan is, it's a plan that is a set of actions that can help lower your risk of being hurt by your partner. It includes information specific to you and your life that will increase your safety at school, home, or other places that you go on a daily basis to make a safety plan. Um, There are online resources that offer interactive safety planning tools that you can print and that delete your information within 24 hours, um, like from the internet entirely. I also say take that with a grain of salt. That's why I kind of highly recommend doing things manually, um, even though it is less convenient. Uh, But essentially on this website, you can access a safety plan document that you can print for your resources um, for a safety plan to work for you. The information you fill out must be honest and accurate. Um, Even just having this information of things you should be thinking about or questions you should be answering is useful, even if you don't have the context for that now. So in filling out a safety plan, there is a few steps they offer on their website. Um, you kind of fill out one where you live, where you, what your education level is. That part was the part that I was like, this part is like not super useful, maybe like for data collection. Um, but once it gets more into the details, um, you get to understand where this could become really useful. Um, so it kind of ties into like, who knows about your relationship? What word or phrase can you use on a phone call to indicate danger or either through text messaging verbally or instant message that is inconspicuous enough to not alert anybody, but is like, you can indicate that you are not safe just through a quick word or phrase that someone you care about can know about as a call to action to either help you or put services in place to like get you into a safer location. Um, during times when you are home alone, who can you stay with that you don't, when you don't want to be alone, if you're not comfortable being at home, where else could you go to stay safe? If you need to leave your home in an emergency, what is a safe public place you could go to? 
if you need to leave your house quickly, which items need, do you need to take with you? And how can you prepare for that eventuality? Have like a go bag, have like um, some of these items just always in your purse or bag or whatever you carry with you, backpack, um, including identification, cell phone, cell phone charger, medication, cash, ATM card, house keys, change of clothes, comfortable items, baby supplies, copy of protection, restraining orders if you have those, um, child's birth certificates, health insurance card, or other. Uh, it continues, if you need to avoid seeing your partner on your way to or from class, what route can you take to get there safely? Have you told someone, if this is like specifically if you're at school, have you told someone on campus about your relationship? Who can you spend time with in between classes so that you are not alone? If you need to leave school immediately, who can you call Army to pick you up? Um, for a job, if you want to avoid seeing your partner on your way to or from work, what route can you take? Have you told someone at work about your relationship? Does your partner work at the same place? If you need to leave work immediately, who can you call to come pick you up? Um, technology, do you have and use a cell phone? Has your partner ever checked your outgoing calls, text messages, or browser history on your cell phone or computer? Do you use social networking sites? Has your partner ever sent you an abusive email, text, or voicemail? Have you shared passwords online accounts with your partner? Does your trusted friend or family member have access to your online accounts? Has your partner ever pretended to be you online? And have you ever sent your partner private photos of yourself? Um, for your partner, who could you call or text to let them know where you are going with your partner? So it's like if you're going to a place in the middle of nowhere, like in the Fresh movie, who can you tell to mm -hmm. make sure that they know your location? Um, if you're stranded and need a ride home, who can you call to pick you up or meet you? What word or phrase can you use as a code in a phone call or text or instant message to ask a family friend to call for help without your partner knowing? And if you decide to end your relationship, where can you do it safely? Whom can you call to talk about it with afterwards? Um, emotional support. Does your partner say or do things that make you feel down on yourself? What are some activities that you enjoy doing? When you are feeling down, whom can you call to cheer you up? Does your partner threaten to reveal information about you in a hurtful or embarrassing way? Um, who could, uh, this is for your children. Who could watch your children if you are in need, if you're in an emergency? Does your children know how to call 911? What word or phrase can you have as a code between you and your children to let them know that they need to run and call for help? Where is a safe place so your children can go when you are in danger? Um, so this is just all kind of information that you can kind of compile in your brain. Another thing that they advise is to just have somebody's number memorized because in an emergency situation where you may be without your cell phone, maybe without your usual things, it's important to have at least one number memorized that you can call for help, whether that's an individual person or a service or what I, I recommend having like a safe person. Hopefully everyone has that. If you do not, there are services that I'm going to link in um, the blog of like hotlines. As I said, the hotline for um, the hotline for the website is 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. And you can also text them at 88788 by texting START. Um, but that's everything. I'm going to work on getting more resources in the blog before we actually post it. Um, but as I said last time, if you know of resources, 
that you think need to be out there, need to be shared, definitely comment them in our YouTube, comment them on our other random posts, honestly, it's welcomed. Um, just like share them out and we'll vet them and share them on our services or platforms as well. Um, yeah. Email us. Yeah. Also for memorization, I just learned this that could be helpful. A friend of mine memorized her partner's phone number by using a song. Mm. Because like, we don't know numbers. I don't know numbers. I couldn't tell you what my partner's number is. Um, maybe I know the last five, four digits, but I don't even. I remember know that all for sure. my childhood phone numbers. I don't remember any of my current phone numbers. I sometimes even forget my actual like phone number because um, yeah. I've had so many different ones. So it might help to like have like a song or a jingle, mm-hmm. but also like maybe writing it somewhere that like you on something that, you know, you'll have. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you have a phone and you're going to bring that phone, you can always put it on a piece of paper and hide it in your um, case. Yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. And as I said before, like I'm going to try to get as specific as possible because abuse can look really different depending on like who you are, where you are. Um, if you're of like, a marginalized group that can look very different as well, or like the resources available, you might need more specific ones. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to be as specific as possible um, in the resource share out. And yeah, the world is scary, but if you are in a place right now that is not scary, learn about this stuff so that if you ever end up that you're ready to go. And I learned so many scary things that I will help me ultimately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, in the possibility that either it's me or somebody I know or yeah. my future kids, if I have those, you know, like, yeah. It's I will say one thing that occurred to me while you were listing out all the different types of abuse and what it looks like was a lot of those behaviors can sometimes be misconstrued as romantic, mm-hmm. like romantic gestures or like, that's just them loving you or like, it's sweet for them to do some of those things like just like random things and I have definitely seen people who like will tell me (laughs) things happen in their relationship where I'm like that's not okay like you shouldn't do that and it really is a societal thing too is that we interpret certain behaviors as being romantic instead of a red flag Mm -hmm. um and so it it delays our response to them a little bit so it's not to say like be afraid of everyone all the time and that romantic gestures aren't romantic and sometimes those things are really just like someone caring for you in the way that they do um but being conscious of like when that that could be um Mm -hmm. and that things can change in a blink of an eye and I've definitely had those I've been in really terrible relationships I've been in such similar situations um some of them I knew when I was in there and some of them you don't and having those exit strategies is really important um or being an exit strategy for someone else so maybe it's not you maybe you're in a good relationship a happy relationship but you can offer that support and knowledge for someone else who isn't mm-hmm. no 100 and it's also like a part of your healing journey is like unpacking some of that stuff like there are things that in the moment I did not realize were so not okay Mm -hmm. Um, or like in times when I was not okay as a human the decisions that I made that put me in situations that were not safe and border on a lot of these categories Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so it's like these are things you're gonna randomly unpack when you're just like a Tuesday and you're like wow okay vivid memory Thanks, schools. Um, yeah. Bring back some tragedy. Yeah, but it's it is important to unpack that stuff and like to do so when you're ready. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in a space where you 
are currently, you need to think that a behavior was okay to not be in a horrible way. Like unpack the stuff when you're ready. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't force yourself to traumatize yourself and unpacking the stuff until you're ready. Um, Yeah. I mean, healing is a journey, not a destination. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you're always doing it. It's always something you're doing. Um, It's not something you just end up there and you're healed now. That's not how that works. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's like the villains in these films. You don't just murder the one and then all of the societal uh, systematic problems are just gone now. That's not how it works. Um, You have to act humanity. You're never just a good person and you're there now. Like you have to actively be working on this all the time. And that's Mm -hmm. exhausting. And some days you're not going to be great. Or some days you're going to just not be like, woo. Some days you're not going to want to fight anymore. And then another day you will. And that's Mm -hmm. all that you can do. Yeah. Sometimes you just have the axe in your hand and you're just like, I'm really over this situation. That's fair. (laughs) It's a fair reaction. You can do that. You can be over it. Um, You do not have to be the hero that saves the day all the time. Humanity. You just have to survive. Yeah. You just got to keep doing. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to be good. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that you don't have to use those resources, but if you do, they are here. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope that if you watch the movie, it didn't hurt you in any way or like, you know, you come out just being okay about it. Um, And if you are angry, let us know. If you're very excited about the film, let us know. Um, You can email us at theghoulsnextdoor at gmail.com. You can comment on all of our things. Uh, Just be nice. Um, just clear that's that just be cool uh, and we will in you know interact with you and just make sure that the place is safe and this is a discussion because art is what we make of it at the end of the day um, and so you should be okay and open with your work being criticized and we are so if you have things to say we'll yeah. hear them within reason yeah and um, also yeah. like last last thought um, some of these things not every single one of those things individually, like everything is open to ambiguity. Mm -hmm. So like if your partner does one of the things on those lists, it's not necessarily that they're an evil abusive person. They could be 100%, but you have to like realize and recognize like what that is personally for yourself Mm -hmm. and explore it that way. Like just like, you can have traits of a disorder, but you don't have the disorder unless it yeah. is actively negatively impacting your life. Um, yeah, and there's several humans things. are complex. If yeah. it's okay for you, certain some things are blatant and overt abuse. Obviously, those things, but like little things, it is your life. Yeah. You know, it's also helpful to look nice to you. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> it's also helpful to look and think if you are uh, doing any of those things as well. Like Mm -hmm. I was listening to those things and I was like, oh, I was also toxic. I know that I was also toxic in life. So it's, it's understand that they're like, these are two way streets oftentimes, which is one of the, we will not get into it, but one of the big problems I have with like the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial, um, Mm -hmm. that there's, it's very complex a lot of the times and you know, uh, you got to look at yourself too. You might be doing some of those things and not know, you might think they're romantic or you might think that you're just doing what you got to do. Um, and you might be hurting someone. So yeah. Yeah. Systemic it's ingrained in every single part of our society. So anyone, any person that exists on this planet could either be a victim of or a perpetrator of abuse. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So on that shiny note, (laughs) 
on that lovely note, which is what this film was. It, le- it left you similarly, but hopefully ours leaves you with like, you want to go do something about it. You want to change the world yeah. and be a better person because I love doing that. Um, so don't get married. Let your kids. <laughs>